Hello and welcome back to First Pages Readings, where books are celebrated as cultural messengers. And thanks for joining me. Welcome to Episode 56 of First Pages Readings. Today's episode is dedicated to three anthologies or collections of poetry. So let's get started. Today's first book is When the Light of the World Was Subdued, Our Songs Came Through, edited by Joy Harjo with Leanne Howe, Jennifer Elise Forster, and contributing editors. As much a book of history as of art, this stunning anthology includes 161 poets from more than 90 tribal nations. The book is organized by geographical region, covers four centuries, and includes many contemporary poets. If you haven't read the book, add it to your TBR list, study it, discover its beauty and grief, and be sure to read Harjo's introduction. For when the light of the world was subdued, our songs came through. I'll read from the book's opening, A Blessing by N. Scott Mamaday. This anthology is a most welcome addition to American literature. The Native Americans have always been deeply invested in language. The songs, spells, and prayers of the Native oral tradition are among the world's richest examples of verbal art. The present collection is a comprehensive celebration of that tradition and that art. Prayer for Words My voice restore for me. Danae. Here is the wind bending the reeds westward, the patchwork of morning on gray moraine. Had I words, I could tell of origin, of God's hands bloody with birth at first light, of my thin squeals in the heat of his breath, of the taste of being, the bitterness, and sense of camas root and choke cherries. And God, if my mute heart expresses me, I am the rolling thunder and the bursts of torrents upon rock, the whispering of old leaves, the silence of deep canyons. I am the rattle of mortality. I could tell of the splintered sun. I could articulate the night sky, had I words. N. Scott Mamaday Today's next book is Nepantla, an anthology of queer poets of color, edited by Christopher Soto. This book covers approximately a hundred years of poetry, beginning with the Harlem Renaissance to contemporary poetry. In the book's introduction, the editor addresses the challenges and limitations faced with building the anthology in a world of shifting language, understanding, and representation. In closing the introduction, the editor writes, This anthology provides an important space to reflect on the lives of those of us who have lived on the outskirts of what is deemed acceptable or respectable. The first page of Nepantla is a poem by Pat Parker. Don't let the fascists speak. Don't let the fascists speak. We want to hear what they have to say. Keep them out of the classroom. Everybody is entitled to freedom of speech. I am a child of America, a stepchild raised in the back room, yet taught, taught how to act in her front room. My mind jumps, 
the voices of students screaming, insults, threats. Let the Nazis speak. Let the Nazis speak. Everyone is entitled to speak. I sit, a greasy-legged black child, in a black school, in the black part of town. Look to the black teacher. The Bill of Rights guarantees us all the right. My mind remembers. Chance. Article 1. Article 1. And my innards churn. They remember the black teacher in the black school in the black part of the very white town, who stopped us when we attacked the puppet principal, the whiteboard of miseducation, cast-off books, illustrated with cartoons and words of wisdom, written by white children in the other part of town. Today's third book is 100 Poems to Break Your Heart, edited by Edward Hirsch. This extensive, diverse, and deeply moving collection includes translations from many different languages and represents poets from the 19th, 20th, and 21st centuries. From the book's introduction, the editor writes, We are not so much diminished as enlarged by grief, by our refusal to vanish or to let others vanish without leaving a verbal record. The poet is one who will not be reconciled, who is determined to leave a trace in words to transform oceanic depths of feeling into the faithful nuances of art. The first page of 100 Poems to Break Your Heart William Wordsworth Surprised by Joy, Impatient as the Wind, 1815-1820 On the night of June 4, 1812, William Wordsworth's daughter Catherine died suddenly after a series of convulsions. She was not quite four years old. To make matters worse, both her parents were away, and Wordsworth did not even learn about his daughter's death until a week later, when she was already buried in Grasmere. In December, the parents were struck again when their son Thomas died of measles, and was buried next to his sister. He was six years old. Surprised by joy was, as Wordsworth recollected, suggested by my daughter Catherine long after her death. It was the only piece he wrote for her. The poet is clearly the speaker of this poem, which commemorates the two worst pangs of his life. Surprised by joy, impatient as the wind. I turned to share the transport. Oh, with whom? But thee, deep buried in the silent tomb, that spot which no vicissitude can find. Love, faithful love, recalled thee to my mind. But how could I forget thee? Through what power, even for the least division of an hour, have I been so beguiled as to be blind to my most grievous loss? That thought's return was the worst pang that sorrow ever bore, save one, one only, when I stood forlorn, knowing my heart's best treasure was no more, that neither present time nor years unborn could to my sight that heavenly face restore. Thank you for spending time with me today. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe.